The Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the bridge between belief and disbelief is abandoning salah. If you're struggling with your salah right now, well, we got the perfect solution for you. And that solution is the Adan app. This cell phone, we usually have it and it's using us instead of us using it. But with the Adan app, you can use it in perfect alignment with your life. The Adan app is already used by 40 million believers around the world. Why? Because it caters to your Islamic lifestyle. On top of the Salah times, you get du'as, dhikr, the Islamic calendar, Ramadan calendar, zuhur and iftar times, hajj and umrah guide, qibla finder, and much more for free. So download the Adan app now. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We just finished recording the episode and I can firmly say if your discretion is advised. If you're not of age, uh, especially if you're not married um, or going to be married soon, do not watch this video. Um, your discretion advised once again. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to another episode of Salafi Tea Time. Inshallah, <laughs> we are going to begin this episode. No, I'm just playing, bro. It's three Muslims, realest podcast in the dunya. We got a very special guest once again, brother Gabriel Arumani. Assalamu alaikum, bro. Assalamu alaikum. Bro, I like that. Salafi Tea Time. Uh, Salafi yeah, Tea Time, yeah, bro. Yeah, Maybe, I don't know. If you guys want that, let us know in the comments. Hashtag Salafi Tea Time. If we get a uh, thousand likes on this video, inshallah, we'll consider it. Yes. But uh, we got Sheikh Ol Nika again. For a very special episode on secrets to a spicy intimate life with your wife or wives. <laughs> <My> wife, <laughs> not your wife, just <laughs> grammatically. No, no, we that, but yeah. before we even go in today, a quick no, 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 note no. from our sponsor. <laughs> uh, we episode. are sponsored by. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> you are gay. You are a transgender. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. All right, let's get it though. Bismillah. 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 We all gotta take a sip first. Let's go. Bismillah. Bismillah. <laughs> All right. That's what Bengalis have Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Okay. What, as a counselor, right, I'm sure you deal with a lot of marital issues, marital cases, uh, extramarital stuff too, I'm assuming, right? What is one of the most common... Actually, you know what? Let's take it back a bit because everyone's like, why are you guys always talking about sex? Right. Why are you guys always talking about intimacy? So, are what, we always talking about it? Though? Yeah, bro. According to them, bro. So what is the importance of it? Like, Why are we even talking about this in the first place? Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells in Surah Rum, He says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا He said from his signs. Ayat is like an ayah of the Quran. Which is a verse, but it's also Sanurihim Ayatina Filafaki wa fianfusihim. So it's also a, an evidence or a miracle. Right? So from among these miracles that he created from yourselves, wives. And he has put between you love and mercy. Right? So also what that says first is love. And then mercy. Love is there, is the driving force, is the the energy that creates life, subhanAllah. You know what I mean? I mean, of course, by the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it is the energy that creates life. So by default, making love, I mean, that's how you create life, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, again, going back to the 21st century, we talked about this before. Today, and I'm going to try to use the term making love as much as I can this, in this session, inshallah. And you Mashallah. can see how the term changes your perception on things. Mm. If you were to say sex... <clears throat> Or yeah. smashing, smashing, or yeah, something it, more. People vulgar. think a bit, right? It's like dirty, and okay, it has a place in your relationship. We'll talk about that, no doubt. Definitely. But you see, already people get like, oh, because today it is something that everyone's concerned with, no doubt about it. Yeah. 
Yet, of course, a lot of people, due to what's happened in society, media, they kind of feel like it's something dirty, taboo, you shouldn't be talking about it. Mm. Yeah. Why are we talking about it? Is because it is the main driving force in a marriage, making love. Because you're making love. You love each other, a man and a woman loving each other, and building that love and that relationship through the act of intimacy. A man and a woman connecting to that deep level where not only their body become one, but like their souls pretty much get close, their hearts, like look, just physically speaking, you know, the hearts get together, um, emotions flow. The way if you analyze how the body reacts during intimacy, during making mm -hmm. love, the hormones that are released, what happens in the body, just it's nothing short of a miracle, man. And Allah says, well, I mean, ayati, and from his miracles, right? And not to mention that the main objective, other than uniting and enjoying each other in halal, you've waited your whole life, you've protected yourself, what we call afafa, chastity. You've protected yourself your whole life. You've, you know, held yourself. You've lowered your gaze. You've tried hard to obey Allah subhanahu wa And now you're finally allowed to enjoy. Yes, enjoy. But putting aside the element of enjoyment, you, by the will of Allah, that act of making love creates life, man. Right? SubhanAllah, you impregnate your wife and she has a baby, your baby. And then you build a family and there's more love that is nurtured through that family. Now it's not just the husband and wife loving each other, but now you have another object of love, which is your child or two or three or four or five, SubhanAllah. And more love gets generated. And we're talking about it because in our counseling sessions, in our experience, we find that this element is missing or it's somehow not done properly. People don't understand it. And a lot of it has to do with what we said, either media, distortion of its name or of its essence, and many other elements in today's society that make people to fail in the most basic, important elements of this union, of marriage, of the relationship. You know what I mean? So that's what we're talking about. We want people to realize that if your love life is good, if you can remove the barriers and connect on that deep level, then I say always, I always say that if love life and communication are good, of course, by default, your taqwa and your deen has to be, you know, like, we're not even going to say, we shouldn't even like say, oh, yeah, for, like deen and taqwa is like number one. But if your love life and communication between husband and wife are good, I think you can sort any other issue out in your life. Mm. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. So we're not like one of those channels that's like, oh, this is how you get women. This is how you get her to the home base. This is a trick to keep her infatuated with no, you. It's not like that. It's, all that bro. This is genuinely... How to, to keep a wife. people's, yeah, relationships happy. better. Keep your yeah. wife happy in life, inshallah. Keep her fulfilled. I do like the uh, change in wordage. It definitely changes the vibe. 
Yes. You know, like the Makes way that more. you were make the way that you were saying it is like, wow, there's Haya in this. It's like yeah. it just seems like very natural. Yeah. But when we say like smashing and I'm even gonna say the other stuff. I was just about like, to do that. It, you start listening to you and just like, ah, uh, they can't even be serious anymore. Like it's goofy, bro. It's not academic anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So may Allah bless you for that. But look, um, there's definitely smashing happening, but that's no, like course, between you and her. That's in once you establish that relationship, there's mm-hmm. going to be a more um, emotional manifestation of that love. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's going to be more carnal. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, that's the whole issue of shahawat and desires. Mm-hmm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you your desires in halal or in desires in haram, mm-hmm. right? There's boundaries. Like even in, when, you, when you look at right, intimacy, making love, the Prophet only forbid one thing. Other than that, it's like it's pretty much open, right? There's some limits, of course, within the Sharia, no mm-hmm. doubt. But yes, there's a time where a husband and wife are more just into desire, like literal, just physical, carnal desire, and sometimes more just emotional and combined. So it's not just one way, but society makes you think like it's just one way, one objective, mm-hmm. and it's just like smash it, hammer it down, yeah. hammer it down, and move on, kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all about you, like mm-hmm. you just satisfy yourself. It's me, myself, and I, and whatever. It doesn't matter whatever everyone else does. and what any. There's no issues of ethics or morality or love or passion or emotion. It's just whatever. And I don't know. You. Yeah. Yeah. SubhanAllah. I mean, it, it's crazy because when you mention like, oh, you know, a baby comes out of this. Life is formed out of this. It's like, it's almost like it hit me again for the first time because we're so detached from that. It's like. It's not making love, it's just like it's doing whatever, it's pleasing yourself. It's this very liberal concept of I need to feel physical pleasure to feel fulfilled in life. It's like, la, you're going to have children, inshallah. Like that's such a big thing nowadays. Or uh, mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was not so much anymore, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And bro, it's no wonder that when you type the three Muslims on YouTube or Gabriel Armani, what is one of the first searches that come up, bro? Intimacy. Intimacy, bro. And that's why we've partnered up with uh, our brother Gabriel Armani. This is not a joke, by the way. For a lot of the new viewers that don't know, we've actually made an intimacy series, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Editor, you can put it up on the screen. I think we got 50 or 100 or 150,000 views like total in all the episodes. There was like eight or nine episodes total, bro. There's a lot of stuff that went into that, inshallah. So this is mainly like, this is kind of like a, a cliff notes, like a summary for anyone that didn't watch that or any new viewers. This is just like, just to give an introduction. Of course, inshallah, we'll have Gabriel in the future when we get our proper, proper studio in a few months, inshallah. inshallah. And we're going to do a lot of intimacy stuff, foreplay, everything in detail. Uh, all the mothers and fathers can tune out for now, inshallah. And uh, now I'm playing. Mothers and fathers need to hear this, yeah, bro. Yeah, they need to tune uh, in. What I mean is my mom and dad. <laughs> if you're watching this. But anyway, with that, being, with that being said, bro, I think we have about 30, 35 more minutes. Let's go right in, bro. So what are some of the major problems that you see in couples today? Type. So with regards to making love and intimacy... A lot of people are uneducated, right? So it's the whole talk before you get married, what we call sex ed. So you have society today have giving sex ed to children at like the age of like what, like seven or six. I was looking at the curriculum, um, I think Southwest uh, Wales or Irish curriculum. Someone sent me a document and I was looking at it. I was like, you guys are teaching this like... Seven-year-olds and six-year-olds. Some people don't even get taught. That's the difference, yeah. Some people don't even get taught, yeah. But you have to be taught, but not 
not that way. Not it's better to be people. not taught than inappropriately taught. Inappropriate taught. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's it is inappropriate. I mean, I like that. Yeah. And if you look at it, I mean, first time they opened up that subject with us in in uh, school was grade nine. We were like already fourteen. It was a bit late. Because we're just laughing, Today, like, yeah. what a joke, you know? And all I remember, <laughs> I remember was, this. oh, masturbation's healthy. You guys need to explore right. yourself. That's all I got. It's ridiculous. So I think parents, this is parents' responsibility. Um, if it is educators, I mean, within our paradigm of Islamic schools and so on, it should be done in collaboration with parents. Like, that part of the curriculum has to be agreed upon. Yeah. has to be all stakeholders in a child's life should be somehow you know, involved the main ones and your parents and, and educators because it's such a sensitive thing. It is so primal, it's so deep, it's so important that if you teach them the wrong thing, it's very hard to undo because it stimulates the, the most inner desires. So we find, for example, children who are exposed to certain sexual acts at a young age, the age of seven, six, and it happens as young as that they stumble upon a porn stash of their parents, which a lot of people don't understand. They, they have it. Even some of the most conservative people will have this, which is wrong, man. You know, this is totally, totally wrong because this guy or this girl stumbles upon this stash, watches it, okay, and all of a sudden their whole, the first experience they've ever had with intimacy is that. And it's very difficult to remove that from your mind. It's literally, you're, it's imprinted in the back of your mind. And you might not even realize your body changes, your mind, your brain changes. And what happens is it's a trauma. Mm, it is. It is a trauma. And w- with trauma, especially that's so related to your instincts, what you're going to want to do, first you're going to be shocked. You're not going to know how your, what, why your body's reacting that way. And yes, even at an age, you can experience pleasure, confusion. And what do you want to do? You want to get more. You want to understand more. First, you're going to be scared, going to pull back. And next, you want to get more. So now you start exploring. And no, one's, no one knows. No one's telling you to stop and explore more and more. And your concept of the true, pure form of love is now distorted and i could say that majority of people go through this i mean subhanallah i don't know if i've ever dealt with anyone who has said no no i'm just i've never seen these things i just grew up i mean i'm sure there are but we haven't obviously people come to us Mm -hmm. somehow whether it's in the back of the class some boy comes look at this man look at this magazine back in the days right Boys would become, look at this magazine. Yo, look. And now it's like, look at my phone, right? Mm. Just WhatsApping, telegramming videos, mm-hmm. sharing links. Forget about it. You know, look, it's so easy. Before, you know, teacher would come, smack you, take it away, <laughs> talk to your parents, whatever. Now it's just like, you know, I say. I, I want to ask you, like, why is this happening, though? Because I know in the Daisy communities and a lot of Arab households, there's this taboo, you know, vibe with intimacy. Like, parents don't like talking about it. Because you got to realize, and, and I know, you, I, I know you're going to get into this, but in Islam, there's no necessarily this restriction in talking about intimacy with the kids. Right. You see the Prophet ﷺ, you see the Sahaba. Everyone was very open with this topic, you know what I mean? Okay. I think in the West, there's there's this whole, like, let's not talk about it, right? It's awkward. And you, before you know, you have stuff like Epstein's Islands and you look at Christianity, bro, with the priests and the kids right. in the church, bro. Like, we're very open as Muslims, right? Is that is that true or no? We should be. 
Well, I think open, like we need to define that word, right? Transparent with our kids. Okay. I think the West is very open, too open. We have mm-hmm. that balance, the West and non-Muslims, mm. right? Today's society. And then as a reaction, the Muslims in the West and in Muslim countries, they're kind of like, oh my God, you know, I don't want my kids to, to know this. Um, like, okay, I might be engaged in myself or whatever, but I don't want my kids to know this. It's like kind of like the parent smokes, but, you know, if he catches his son smoking, smack, you know, why is smoking? Haram. Right? It's like we have this, I think it's, it's a good intention. It's an intention of you know, trying to protect the child. Bad action. Yeah, the, chi- the, the parents realize that, subhanAllah, this can really disturb my child because it's probably disturbed them. So they try to protect them. But in doing so, it's not about screening your child away from something that is just primal. You want to screen your child from, yes, pornography and what's around, all the distortions. But you want to have some kind, form of guided exposure or education to the subject at the right time. Now, when is the right time? It depends. Okay, it depends. A parent has to be aware and observe the development of their child. I mean, that's why they're shocked because they're never engaged in their development. They don't realize that, oh, wait a second. They kind of just wake up like, oh, my God, he's already 13 and I've never had the talk with him. By 13, trust me, right. the talk, there's no need for a talk. He's already got, done his research or his peers already educated him in the wrong sense. So what happens now, this child has these uh, preconceived ideas about he's not making love anymore. He doesn't want to make it. He wants to smash it, right? So he takes that, and he, that keeps being conditioned. Parents become even more shy. Let's say there's a discussion. What would the child be like? Mom, don't talk to me about this stuff, you know? It's haram, right? Or something. And uh, the parents get all, like, they don't know. Parents come to us, parents come to teachers, and like, when should I have the talk? Can I have the talk? Can you have the talk? I'm like, I'm going to talk to them. About, <laughs> you know, I'm, I might give a lecture about it. But it, it, is, it is sensitive. So most people don't want to be in a sensitive situation. They just pull away. They say, well, you know, I'll make the offer or something like that. Let's see what happens. And most children, boys and girls, have sexual experiences as early as seven, be it pornography, be it masturbation, be it uh, even, I mean, there's a lot of abuse. A lot of the first mm. introduction to intimacy is through abuse. And most of the time, it's from very close family oh, members, yeah. cousins, even, Billah, you know, very, you know, like brothers and sisters, man. Like, we have so many weird cases. And imagine, you, when you dig deep into it, that person was doing the abuse have had a distorted image of intimacy. And because they don't know how to control those feelings and emotions, no one to talk to, they want to express those emotions, they're going to do it in that way that they've been educated, which is wrong, towards that child. So like I was talking to one of the clients and they're saying that, so her cousin did something to her and he was a bit older than her, right? Man, she's six, bro. Six. So he's done something like stuff like penetrative at that age, bro. Right? She was like, he took my virginity at the age of six. So she said, I thought, like she didn't know how to feel, how, what she feels. and But she mm-hmm. said, I thought this is like love. And he told me that he loves me. And my parents didn't tell me that they loved me. So I felt very attracted to that. 
But then I would do the same thing to my neighbors, girls and boys. And one day he caught me. Like he walked in on me and I was with a girl neighbor. So like a little kid. Yeah. So she's six and the other girl was like, whatever, same five or six. And they're doing stuff. And the guy saw her and he's like, what are you doing? This haram. You're the one that caused it. Right? Yeah. And like, imagine he's, he's like, mm. he, he, she said, he set me down and told me like, this is not allowed. This is not good. And she basically said, but this is what you taught me. Like you said, it's love. And I, he said, she's my best friend. I love her. I want to express my love towards her because that's what you taught me. So imagine there's this butterfly effect almost, you know, this chain of reactions that happens. That girl might be going to her class later on at the age of seven or eight, like kind of what happened in one of my schools, and the whole class was corrupted, right? And they're like, come, let me show you something. Or, hey, let's, you know, let me show you something. And the other one, like, let me show you something. And it just spreads. And then within 10 years, like, you got a whole community corrupted. Right? And the parents are still saying, like, oh, no, be careful. Don't talk about this. Let's not talk about this. You know, it's shyness. <clears throat> There's a difference between having haya about something and educating. And the Prophet said, if you're, like, if you're too sh- like, you're not going to learn if you're too shy, if you're not willing to ask. Now, we have to find a balance, and we want to be as academic as possible. I know some of us joke and whatnot, but it's a very serious issue that needs to be addressed and solved, right? And you, yes, haya, respect, and so on, but we have to educate. And um, like we can't be talking just openly about weird stuff and whatnot, just being very rude. Because that's what the non-Muslims do, right? And that's where the Muslims are like, oh my God, I don't want my kids to know that. They already know that. But you have to educate them. You have to tell them. You have to express. Still, the Prophet was telling, for example, one of the first um, more descriptive incidents when it comes to intimacy is when they migrate to Medina. And there was a different culture when it comes to intimacy in terms of positions, for example. So the Sahabas were a bit, they were marrying women from Medina, very different culture. They wanted to have intimacy in a different way. So the Sahabas were asking from a perspective of, is it permissible to do it like this or to do it like that? So you find that they're going to the Prophet and getting educated mm. when it comes to intimacy. So was the Prophet, you know, he didn't say, Astaghfirullah, you know, we should not be talking about this. No, they was always education. We see also for young, younger girls, for example, getting married. The females of the community were preparing her sometimes for three, four days in terms of just talking to her and just getting her ready, you know, getting her beautified and so on. And telling her stuff and it was not something like I have no clue what I'm doing I'm going you know in this and you're like what am I supposed to do <laughs> right so there was education that's what I would like to say I mean don't have to go into too many details but there was education with respect with Haya at the time of Rasulullah and we need to do that with our children um, as I said parents and schools together in a joint effort guided exposure within the halal to understand mothers to talk to their daughters to be close to them so that they can open up to them and talk about these things you know does your daughter come and say well i have a crush or i like this or i feel like this or some daughters don't even know what a period is man they get scared the first time they get their period you know you're bleeding from down there right it's it's a very terrifying and and traumatizing event a mother should tell them this they should and it shouldn't be like oh like it's more of a shame thing. Don't tell your father 
or come here or whatever. No, it's like you should be proud of her. That she's become a woman. Mm. Celebrate it to an extent. Like, you know, love her and and tell her you've now gone through another level in your life. You know what I mean? And same with 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 men. Yeah. Don't leave it. Me. I keep looking at this little piece of limb, bro. It's related to what you were saying before, a lot of people unfortunately have a very disturbed view on sexuality, intimacy, and all of that. So unfortunately, since they have this view, how do they take care of that? Because we want to talk about how to have a good intimate life. How do you do that if you're, you know, disturbed in that sense? I mean, as we started, right? Coming from that point of being disturbed, being damaged, being um, traumatized, and it's almost, I mean, trauma is, is difficult, right? Like, how do you come from? having a perverted view of what intimacy is to bringing it back to mm-hmm. within the halal realms, right? Mm-hmm. So interesting case study when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. The book, forget about the movie, you know? The book. I mean, the Muslim community was in crisis. But it was probably the first time that, and I was, I was, I think, very, I was, I was a social worker at that time in our community. And I know there was a lot of divorce and problems because husbands were catching the wives reading that book. It was the first time, I would say, within the Muslim community, Western Muslim community, probably Eastern as well, where, like, female sexuality was, like, coming out, you know? Like, people were like, what? I don't recognize my wife. Why would that wife. be a problem, though? Bro? It was a problem because, again, people are not educated. Right? There's people a false haya. No, there's a false, false piety. Yeah, you have to have haya, but does that mean that you can have good... Yeah intimacy with your wife now 50 shades of gray is a whole different thing but what it shows and we can discuss about the whole bondage and you know being rough and whatnot but what's uh, what it exposes is that there's a lot of suppressed desire freaks and in females now don't think that it was just from their fitra mm-hmm. these women were already conditioned, going yeah. and conditioned through society and mm-hmm. all of a sudden this just kind of it was the cherry on top yeah but you know what this reminds me of the other people we were talking about, where we were saying how like every woman has that like that freak inside them. You know, we could say a different word if if y'all want to have some higher here. But you said it was just how no, no, a freak, is, bro. Yeah, right. I'm so a freak is about they they have a wild sexual desire. We're human beings. Yeah, the, the but what world. I'm trying to say is that like it's it's bringing it back to where like you you are the one that's in charge of bringing that out of her, but it's also you who could also lock that away you and know, she'll like, find other she, avenues like yeah. you know maybe she's like she's starting to let it out and then you're like yo where did you learn this right like you said stuck for a lot like you said another piece so yeah i like it it's it's all tying in together mm-hmm. it's it's about it's the balance between bringing it out and and locking it it's about controlling it right because how did how did the men respond though with the full 50 shades thing when it came out yeah the men were shocked and they started divorcing their wives really as opposed to what? understanding it look like, that's the question, right? So what do you do when you're in this kind of situation? Uh, a, a community, men and women, who have been conditioned, have gone through this process of being exposed to these perversions, right? And then here you are now, face-to-face, everything's on the table. How do people react? Because I can guarantee you that a lot of those men themselves have been exposed to these things. Mm-hmm. But it's the whole concept of and misconception that women shouldn't have desire, they don't have desire. Mm-hmm. It's been popularized by the Judeo-Christian tradition for hundreds of years, right? The, the myth of the female orgasm and so many. <laughs> yeah. you know? so there's just so much that's been happening. And it definitely influenced the Muslim community. So now finally, something comes out, shock. Like people are like, oh, I don't recognize. Like they're saying, I don't recognize my wife. Like, who is this person? 
Like, is this really there? And of course, like, where did you even get to that point? I totally believe, though, I've always said this. I believe had there been no porn, no social media, none of this conditioning, conditioning yeah. right? I think a man and a woman can just naturally please each other in a beautiful, innocent, yet very primal, primal and, and organic and passionate way. But here we are in the 21st century, everywhere you look, hypersexualization. Do this, smash that, this is big, this is small, go to the store, you know, everywhere. Toys, gadgets. Toys, this, yeah. gadgets, right? What do you mm. do? Like, how do you deal with this? Just, okay, that's it. What are you going to divorce every woman? Because I would tell you that literally from our cases, even women from the village are being exposed. Men, forget it, bro. It's done. I mean, it's like all men, if not, you know, I'm, I'm not one. I don't want to just generalize. But most men have been exposed or are aware of these things. But you see, there's a double standard. Like, oh, how come women? Mm -hmm. Like, the, this guy who's questioning the one, most likely he's, you know, has been exposed to this. You said this in, in the last episode, too, that, and, and for them, they might have a weird order, but in the last episode that we filmed, you were saying that Allah has designed a woman with an organ or a part, body part, the clit, which is strictly for ple pleasure. Strictly There's for no pleasure. other function. Right. Even as men, we don't have a sp specific body part Who has that's specifically for function, for just pleasure. Yeah. We don't, bro. We don't. And it's, it depends how you look at it. You can be like, oh my God, that's so nasty. Or you can be like, wow, you know, mashallah, that's like amazing, right? Mm -hmm. And you can explore that in a halal way and have a beautiful, intimate life mm -hmm. within the boundaries of Islam. Islam puts the boundaries. Now, people can step outside of the boundaries, which we see everywhere, right? But why do people step outside? Because they don't know, even know the boundaries. Because they, they don't, they're not educated about it. They have no clue. And naturally, you're going to be inclined. Like, these things are attractive. Okay, we have to understand the whole concept of the forbidden tree. Why, in the end, Adam and Eve still, after being with Allah, after hearing from Allah, after being given a direct order from Allah, they still went and did it. Right? Because... These kind of things are attract. Haram is attractive. People, you know, it's, it pushes you. But so within what we're talking about, right, there's a lot of haram. So people are very, very attracted to it. Especially you see it everywhere, being conditioned. Every single day you're being told, oh, try this, try that. And you have this boring lifestyle where your husband sleeps with you like once a month or something. Or your wife sleeps with you like once a month. Both sides. And, you know, you start talking to your girlfriends and your boys and whatever and people are sharing now experiences which is not good you should never share your bedroom experiences like a, a big nahi or when you go into details and whatnot it's different between educating and just going oh yeah i did this to my wife and that people do that and the guy sitting there his his wife didn't give him any for like a month right and he's like oh man and he's like no worry man just go to like a massage place or something you know you get sorted out or whatever and the guy's like oh yeah so in his mind now shaitan is going to come and keep telling yeah man you know, it's not, look what this woman is doing to you. She's not sleeping with you. You deserve. And people just go, I mean, people commit zina, man. Like there's no tomorrow. And if they don't commit zina, they're addicted to porn. And if they don't, they're not addicted to porn, just masturbate. Like we're unhealthy and unhealthy society when it comes to intimacy. Why is that? Because we're not willing to have these kind of discussions and to educate when parents are not willing to sit down. Schools are not willing to do it properly. So we leave it to everyone else for grabs. So the, the school boards and non-Muslim school boards do it. YouTube does it. Pornhub does it. Everything does it. 
And then people wake up and they're like, oh, why is my wife reading Fifty Shades of, of Grey, watching whipping and whatnot, right? She's a freak, <laughs> right? Because it's been built. That freak's been built over years and years. And you haven't fed that beast in the right way with some halal food. And now it's hungry. You know what I'm saying? Is that my choosing? No, no, no. I, yeah. you, got it, you got it perfectly. Man, I just think that it's, it's actually beautiful. I don't understand <laughs> why certain brothers would see this as an issue. You know, like, we all have fantasies, right? Men, women. So, like, if, if I'm married and I walk in and I see that my, my wife is reading Fifty Shades of Grey, like... <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah, like, like, bring, right, bring the whips, huh? It's time. <laughs> Abdul, get the whips. <laughs> Rami, Rami, get the whips. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, how how do you deal with this, right? So you could just divorce her and be like, "This is bad," or you can understand what's happening. I don't don't lie, bro. If I walked in on my wife and she's reading like a book like that, I'd be like, "Yes, finally." What do you do if you walk in on your wife, like I had a client? Walked in his wife and caught her watching. She's masturbating, watching lesbian porn. Whoa! Wow. I mean, that's see the thing is, where's the limit, right? Or like bestiality, mm. this happens. Or child porn, right? And this, like, again, like I've had a client. Just, I mean, he's like destroyed because he's like, what the heck is going on? So where again, where are the limits? Because if you don't know the limits, bro, you can just fall into a dark abyss. See, on on your channel, you 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 call yourself real problems, real solutions, right? So. In an ideal situation, I know you just mentioned you stud the kids young, you talk about, you know, these things openly and, and from a very young age before they get programmed. But the reality is, just like you said, everyone's already conditioned, everyone's already programmed. So let's say you're dealing with a spouse that is already heavily conditioned, or maybe you yourself, very programmed, right? You have, uh, you, you made yourself basically have a conditioning with getting off to porn. Or for a woman, she has these types of fantasies, or she's made herself numb with all these toys or whatever, you know, there's a lot of these issues. So... What are you doing now with this couple? Yeah, I mean, that's a, an amazing story. <clears throat> what I can do and what they can do are two different things. But before we get into it, I wanted to say that, see, the main element that we've talked about, we said is the most important one in this, is the taqwa. Because the taqwa is going to put those limits. So yes, I mean, we can talk in another episode as to what's permissible, what can be done. But the taqwa is going to put the limits. Now, the mind and the fitra is going to want to see what's beyond those limits. I mean, this is the reality, bro. Even for the most muttaqi, every son of Adam will commit sins, meaning you're passing the boundaries of Allah. The mind is going to want to, right? Especially in this environment. But the taqwa is what keeps it. I believe human beings, the way they've been, you know, the way we are, the way we've been conditioned, like we can do anything, man. Like a person by their fitrah, if they don't fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the Prophet said, if you have no shyness, you'll do whatever. Men and women can do whatever, bro. But that's why the main ingredient is taqwa. That's what's going to limit you. Oh, you want to watch lesbian porn? Oh, no, astaghfirullah. I can't. Even if you're like inclined towards it. Oh, you want to watch Audhu Billah, something, or bestiality or something weird, man. You know, totally outside of what's permissible. And people are like, it's just desire. It's just a fantasy. A lot of people just say it's just it's not a real, fantasy. Yeah. It's different in the mind. It's Some things are better just to be kept in the mind. No, because you're going to, that's going to be implanted in your mind. It's going to grow into thoughts, into action, into plans, into actions, as Ibn Qayyim says. That's what Ibn Qayyim said. He's like, that's what happens. Start with that thought, just gets in there. It starts growing. And then you start planning, and it's going to end up. And you're just on a slippery slope. So taqwa is 
No. A'udhu billahi min No, I'm not going to do that. I stay within what is permissible. Yes, it's, it can be a fitna. It can be a struggle. But this is the, where the success is. And there's a lot that can be done in there, right? But going back to the question, what do you do? It depends on the people as well, right? So wife walks on a, on a guy, another client, and, you know, 10 years they've been married and watch, catches him watching a specific type of porn. And she sees that the women that looks at is not what she is. And she said, why? Like, what? And, she, and he starts saying, I'm not pleased with you. I don't like you. Why'd you marry me? Mm-hmm. I can't be that white girl, you know? Like, I'm this, you know? And, and now it makes sense why you tell me to dye my hair and put, you know, uh, whatever contacts, you know, green contacts. I'm not that. You're trying to change me, you know? And she's traumatized. And she divorces him because she's like, you know, you don't like me. And the guy doesn't even fight for him. Like, no, it's okay. I do like you. Let's work at it. It depends on the people as well. Or, you know, one of my clients, I mean, his wife was like just wild, bro, you know, like asking for like anal sex and all kinds of weird stuff, you know, pushing him to weird stuff. And the guy, he was a bit more traditional. He couldn't handle that. My advice to him was like, look, you have to understand she's a bit sick, you know, so you have two choices. You either push a sick person to the curb outside, it's going to still be sick. She's not going to be healed, you know. Or you you deal with it, you manage it, and you become a bit more mature in, in how you address this issue. And you can try to help her to fight her fitna. Not everyone can do that. Because especially for a man who is, from his perspective, his woman is his woman, right? I think, subhanAllah, it's weird. So, and again, not maybe linking to the fitra, Women can sometimes accept a bit more when men mess about and they'll have more patience and stick around because they know it's kind of like in the fitra of the man and, you know, the whole, like, I want more than one woman and as long as we can fix it, I'll stick with you in general. But when a man sees his wife going into this weird stuff, it's, I don't know, I feel that most men are not willing to, to, to take it on. They're just, they basically mm. divorce their wives. They can't, they're, they're, they're rira and they're, Jealousy, you know, I mean, for example, one of the couples I was trying to work with, one of the brothers, I said, look, just have patience. But it just, it was getting worse and worse. The woman mm-hmm. didn't want to do anything to the point where she would like be going on the street and like checking out guys, like, oh, look at this guy's thing or look at that. And imagine saying that to your husband. She can't control herself, right? She can't control herself, like doing weird stuff. And the guy was just shocked. He's like, well, how do I deal with it? You know, he's, he's broken. He's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm broken. One other client, the way he said, he said, I saved my, my whole life. I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin man. And then I found my wife. that She lied to me. And she's like this, right? Like, how do I? He's like, I understand, but I made it clear at the beginning. And that's what I want. I want this purity. And here I am. So how do you deal with this? I feel that ideally, ideally, um, People should work at it. Yeah, if, if instead both, of just call it quits. Yeah, if both are willing to. Mm. But in many of these cases, as I can say, like both one not, side is one not side willing is not. to. Right? So you kind of push the, whatever, your husband to the curb or your wife to the curb. Is it a conversation you have with them to decide if they're both willing to? Or? Yeah, of course. Mm. Right? But it's not just about that, right? So it's about what happens in the next session. You recap. And, you know, for example, the brother said like, yeah, we went to outside and she's still talking about the stuff like she's not willing to change she keeps saying i'm going to change i'm going to change i call i come home i catch her doing herself you know 
Like every time I come, I have to take the internet away from from my home. I have to take the miswork. I have to take the modem away, man. Like imagine you're leaving home, you gotta take the modem. Like what? He's like, I can't think. I can't focus on my work because I'm at work and I'm thinking, what is my wife doing at home? Or the other way around, right? The woman is whatever, and she's you know like <laughs> this, you know this. <laughs> Yeah, bro. It's like, you know, every, look, this, this one sister said, every time I have an argument with my husband, he takes the phone and runs to the bathroom and locks himself up and he does himself. Really? What? And I'm, he says, I'm knocking the door saying, fear Allah, come out. I can do it for you. This is haram. You know what I mean? Haram. So she's knocking the door saying, fear Allah, come out. Let's, she's saying like well, yes. let's, let's have intimacy let me do it for him. he's like leave me alone and wow. he's like doing himself maybe that's his coping mechanism bro because as a kid maybe that that's it, it, the form indeed of it is you know? but see there's still responsibility 100%. there you can't just blame your trauma, trauma you have to understand yeah. it you have to deal with it but again you have two individuals who are both maybe traumatized coming together they've never solved that trauma so there's no education around it they are not even aware they're not watching the uh, three muslim podcast to you know to understand what's going on they're just, they've gone through all this. They're, they think that somehow once they get married, that's it. Everything's going to work out. And now you're on your night of your marriage. One's doing stunts and the other one's like clueless of what to do, right? <laughs> and you're like, what the heck? You know what I mean? And, and then, then what happens the next month? Well, one sleeps in one room and the other one sleeps in another room. It's not congruent. Because they're, yeah. they're just embarrassed. Like, what the heck did mm-hmm. we just do? What happened? Yeah. Instead of talking. But things should have been done from way before, man. People should be educated protected from these kind of things, right? But this is not the case. That's why it's um, very important for the men and the women to, you know, both meet each other in here in this situation that we're talking about, but also very important for the men to uh, be the leaders that they're meant to be, right? Because if, if your woman is going in some sort of direction, you have, to be willing, you have to be able to pull her back and bring her into this direction. And it's not to say like, oh no, it should only be super pure all the time and, and nothing like, you know, primal, carnal. Because like we said, you know, this is going to be there. Everyone has fantasies. But it's understanding this, you know, meeting at the same place and then going at it together and understanding, even though that you're going at it together, you as the man are the leader. And like, if your girl has some fantasies like that, like if you walk in on your wife and she's over here watching pornography, Look, like you set her down and you really talk to her and be like, look, like, you know that I love you. You know, like, I care for you. I take care of you. I do this, like, but this is not good. Like, you know, you know this is not good. Now, you have fantasies. Look, I get this. I have fantasies. You have temptations. I have temptations. But we have to work with what we have available to us. Like you said, the halal, right? So it's... It's tough because again, where where do you how do you do it? Some people can do it. Like some people will take that approach, have that discussion, and continue and literally like have a mature attitude about it, knowing that as you said, you have fantasies, I have fantasies. Why do we have these fantasies? Because we've been freaking conditioned into mm-hmm. it. I keep saying, I don't know, personally, man, I'm, I'm maybe I'm old school, traditional, whatever, but I still believe in the purity of you know of love making. Right. Yeah. I I still think if if there would be none of this trash around, bro, right, men and women could please each other within a matter of minutes, bro, without having all these weird things and whatnot. That's ideally. Now, what's happening in reality? That's a different story. 
right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not absent. I know exactly what's going on and what to do. But I still believe, you know, in the purity of the deen, bro. Well, I, got, I got a question, though. Mm. My bad. You're saying that if someone is not adulterated by mm-hmm. society, they will have, like, very natural tendencies. They 100%. won't have, like, these crazy fantasies. 100%. So you're telling me if there was, like, a village and then you had, like, married some girl in the village, like... You don't no internet, she, no social media. You don't think she's going to be thinking about, like... Getting ravaged by like one of the other tribesmen or something like that. <laughs> That's a good question. Because you you could role play. You could be like, oh, like, like you, you acting you, like you from the other tribe and you coming in. <laughs> you you look. There's gonna I'm be not, there's not, gonna not, be oh, desire, but you see these fantasies are implanted and disseminated through different things around. It's always there's always a corruption of the fitra or something like that, right? There's always. I'm not saying people are not going to have desire or they're going to see someone that's attractive and maybe desire them, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be to the level of what we see today, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about some seriously disturbing things that are happening within the realm of fantasy. And what happens is that the way it works on your brain is that now your, your pleasure threshold is increased. So meaning you need more of that to be pleased. So men and women are not pleased especially women, right? Because a lot of times guys have, they don't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They don't acknowledge the, how complicated the female body is and the female sexuality is, how deep it is. There's a lot. Of, and on the other side too, sometimes women don't please men. You have tons of men who are saying, I'm not getting enough and so on. Usually for women is the quality. What's the problem? Usually for men is the quantity. They're not getting it enough. That's the complaints we, we get. So, But what I'm saying is that... <clears throat> Forgot, but we were saying, <laughs> <what was> it? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if it's natural, it's protected, it's, it's beautiful. If it's whatever, you, let's say you've been damaged, you can still work. Yeah, that's the question. We can still work with what we have. Do people choose to work with what they have? Can they have that level of maturity and that kind of conversation to understand and to explore? Okay, what's your fantasies? If it's a fantasy, is it permissible to explore it? To what level? I mean, we can talk about this in maybe another episode. I've had some discussion with some Sheikh about this. There are some Nusrus, some texts of older scholars from hundreds of years ago even discussing these issues. So what's permissible? Are you mature enough to discuss it? Can you? I would say a lot of people cannot. And I can't blame them. Like imagine as a husband or as a wife, you, are, you have a purity. And then you catch your husband doing something very strange and weird. Are you really responsible be like, oh, let me act that out for you? Like if you've been raised in a certain pure way your whole life and you find that shocking, you want a very pure way. And maybe that's what you're looking for in husband. And maybe you've been deceived in marrying this person. I don't know. Or the other way around. Can you just blame that person for wanting to leave? I wouldn't necessarily blame them. Like I wouldn't blame someone for wanting to stay who has a level of maturity. Like, look, you know what? As you said, like, you have yours, I have mine. How about we just talk a little bit and be mature about it and save our marriage? And maybe mm. we can define the lines and just remind each other with Allah SWT to stay within those lines. Because if not, then here's a woman who's divorced with fantasies and here's a man who's divorced with fantasies, again, alone, single. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. And you yeah. bring that into your next marriage. Forget about the next yeah. marriage. Do even people get married anymore? Mm-hmm. People don't get married more. As you said, right? There's like toys. And I mean, subhanAllah, I was looking the other day, uh, this ad popped up. It's like, now you can just get a robot woman. 
You know what I mean? And for the women, you got all types of toys and whatnot. So actually, people don't even want to get married anymore. They start just exploring this weird stuff. And Audhu Billah just leads you into another level. I got this I got this DM one day on the T3M Instagram. We get we get some interesting DMs, bro. Oh, I'll say yeah. the least. I'm sure you do too. And it was uh what do I do every time I'm having intercourse with my wife and it's missionary, she always uses the vibrator on her clitoris mm. while I'm penetrating. And if I'm just penetrating, it's not enough. She literally tells me to stop. She goes to get that vibrator, uses it, and then she can mm. And he's like, bro, I just feel so emasculated. Mm-hmm. I just feel like so just under, you know, like I'm not doing it for her anymore and she needs this. And and, I feel, and then he's having anxiety, bro, because her, her toys are bigger than him, bro. No doubt. And, and, I, I and know, she, how do you, I keep saying to brothers, man, like brothers, yeah, the same type of stuff comes up. Women ask things, brothers ask things, you know, there's, how do you compete with the Energizer Bunny? With, 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 what's, what's, what kind of batteries we have? Energizer, Duracell. Duracell. <laughs> yeah. You know, just those vibrations alone, if you look at the, the what do you call it, the oscillation mm-hmm. uh, of the vibration, you cannot compete with that. Yeah. But why you even get to that point? Because once you go there, you think you're going to want to come back to it. Just, but if she doesn't know that, she's just used to what you have, right? But then again, the guy, maybe he didn't do his best in what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I DM'd him, bro. I was like, what, like, how did it even get to this? He's just like, oh, I'll it's always you. been like this. You it's know? Always, uh, yeah, because yeah. again, I mean, we're getting into another topic. Yeah. but yeah, We got to wrap this one up. But really quick, man, is because, again, going back to the history, a lot of women cannot climax from the inside because they condition themselves through masturbation to climax from the outside. Imagine you're spending 10 years, and yes, women masturbate, and yes, women watch porn, and yes, there's a lot more going in the female body than the male body. The guy is like, kind of like, it's very simple, man. Tuck, 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 two minutes, he's out. Right? For the woman, it's a bit more, takes more time, more conditioning. The brain changes when you are doing that. There's this, an association between that movement and what you're stimulating, that one organ, the clitoris, that's just designed for pleasure with the brain. That's what you're used to. And now all of a sudden, you get this guy who wants to do something different. Why a lot of women would not be used to the inside is because they're scared of losing the virginity, of breaking things and, you know, having issues once they get married. So there's not going to be any internal stimulation usually other than very basic. So they, it's much easier, faster, sometimes even more pleasurable to just stimulate the outside, right? The inside is a whole different story. We can go into the anatomy and, the, you know, the, the, the sexual part of it in another episode. But a lot of times that's why women now want that. Plus, I'll tell you that, that's not the first time she's experienced that, that bullet or whatever it's called. It's, she's been doing that for some time. So she wants what she's familiar with and what she's conditioned herself to climax with. And it's not enough. And that's why I said, see, you pass the limits, bro. There's no return. Trust me, there's no return. Yeah. The grass is and not I'm, I'm out of room, man. There's no, not, bro, none of that are allowed. For that, brother, I would tell him, <clears throat> learn how to use your tongue. Learn how to use your fingers. And then once you got that game down locked, learn how to do dry orgasms. And then when she says, oh, hand me the, hand me the, the toy, say, nah, baby girl. It's, it's going to take, it's easier said than done, bro. Like you got to, it's going to take time, bro. It's going to take. Bro, it shouldn't, it, takes, it shouldn't reach that level. Yeah. And then the thing is. But the reality is, bro, before, it's at that level for a lot of people. Even before, you know? but that's the thing. The man don't understand the female sexual. Why mm. does she need that extra stimulation? Mm. Because she's not ready. 
So there's a psychosomatic relationship between, like the brain is related to your he body. He said she used to be like this when they met. No doubt. Like and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So see, again, we said, what's the most powerful organ for a woman when it comes to sex? It your is. mind. Oh, you need my. to work that mind before anything. Because when you work the mind and you're making love and you prepare, she's already at that close to the threshold. Mm. And it's long before the bedroom. Right. It's right. So once she's closer, just penetration is basic stimulation, even if you're using your hand or whatever, is going to take her to that level. Mm. But if she's not even, she's like down here, then that's why she needs the extra mm. support. And you're just sitting there doing something. There's, I would also say, there's no more passion in making love. It's just like, duk, duk, duk. okay, bring the toy. What do you mean bring the toy? Because there's no heat. There's no passion. There's no more love. It's, I don't know. You look at these, just what's out there. It's just like, yo, let's smash. Yo, it's like there's no buildup, there's no connection, because it's more than just intercourse. It's more than just stimulating the the clitoris, man. It's like a full body, you know, experience where two, you know, connect. And if you're not building to that, it's that love, that passion, the kissing, the touching, it's gonna bring her to that level, man. You just gotta do a little, literally, bro. A woman within two, three minutes can go explode. You know what I'm saying? But if not, you're going to take about 20 minutes of that toy or whatever weird stuff and whatnot. If, and it's forced. It's a forced climax. I'm telling you, a lot of these toys, it's just, I need to get off. It's forced. You're mm-hmm. not really having that full experience that's coming from that really good sex. You know what I mean? It's just a force. Let me just get off. It's literally called the rabbit. You know, you get off, yeah, I get off, and then we're good That's to it, go. Bro. No, bro, you, you haven't really experienced love making if it's mm. like that. So for me, as a rule, man, I mean, I don't know, people, I've read some books from Ulama, from Muastidin from this time, and they say, look, some toys are permissible. I believe it's no. not 100%, zero. Do not allow that. With Slippery time, slope, you know? With time, maybe she can re- re- rewire her brain and mm. get back to, I would say so, six months, maybe one year, slowly your body gets used to it, you haven't been, uh, you know, experienced that, but zero policy, bro, zero tolerance, man. Well, this is what goes back to what I said, that as the men, we have to be the ones that are leading everything. Because like you said, as men, you know, we can stimulate the woman. We, there's a foreplay before the foreplay. No doubt. Right? Now, if the foreplay before the foreplay is a real thing, which we know yeah. it's a real thing. It's a real thing, man. Uh, a story that I can bring in here from a friend that I used to know back in the far days was uh, he had met this girl and she was using toys right. and stuff. And he basically, when he saw it, he told her to just throw it out. Yeah, He didn't say anything else. He just, he said, throw it out. Get rid of that thing, and then baby. she said, why? And he's like, because you have me. You don't need that. And then from that moment on, she threw it out and he continued to stimulate her mind before anything else. And that's it. She never needed it again. She never needed it again, bro. That's it. That's powerful, bro. Boom. I think with that being said, inshallah, let us know what you guys thought about this episode. And Ram Yandraf, bro. Jazakallah for tuning in. And with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina adhaab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yo, bro. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. We, we have about uh, 20 minutes left. So let's just talk about that. Let's get into like, yeah. No, no, no. Let's just, let's just make this uh, like... The taboo on intimacy or something because there's no bro we spend like 60 70 percent of the time so what do you want we didn't even get into let's just stick on this topic bro like how like the taboo on intimacy and all this yeah yeah oh, we can get into I there's mean, no way we're finishing you guys have to give me questions start there's no way this is, this okay, is 20 let's minutes see where it goes, do you man, mind if we interrupt you 
Please, man. Because, I mean, I don't know where to go anymore. <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we talk about halal sex, but they're going to come and they're going to be like, bro, they spent the whole time. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Okay. Come on. No, it was good to introduce it. Come on. Sure? Bismillah. Yeah, okay. let's go. Okay, let's start here. Zoom in on that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so all this being said, this disclaimer being said, right? Bro, I don't, I don't even know. Yo, pause. <laughs> There's no way, bro. Let's just let you divide. I, I, I have a question. I have a question. Sponsor. This guy. Lactate. If you have lactose intolerance and you got anal leakage, by all means, <laughs> Come on, bro. make sure to pick yourself up a bottle of lactate. You are gay. You are a transgender. <laughs> Come on, bro. Okay, okay. Back, back, back on the topic. Wallahi, you're finished. 